Hey, it's Jamie Granville. Welcome back to the Elevated Project podcast. Today on episode 11, Christine Andali and I talked to Tamara Logan. She is a sex therapist and we chat women's sexuality on this Taco Tuesday. I mean, yeah. we need our cycle, but at the same time, it's like not the most convenient. Definitely not. You know, no, but we should just be able to take the time off and have parties. Like we can well, have period parties. I know, right? I where, agree. Where we just eat chips and and like have naps. <laughs> Cry, and then maybe. go for long walks in, in nature and be all fucking. Oh yeah. Am yeah. I, I, just, I would far rather like be totally naked somewhere warm. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes like yeah, just like. Uh. <laughs> My name is Tamara Logan, and I live here in the Okanagan. Um, let's see. I think I've always been fascinated with sex and sexuality and how it rolls out and plays out in our lives, in our choices, in kind of everything that we do. Um, a few years ago, I was following a woman online and she offered a, a coaching certification course. And I was like, well, I could probably do that. And then I decided to not because- I guess sex so. The sex course, yes. It's a sex, love and relationship program. And uh, the email came to me three times. And on the third time, it actually came to me six times because I had a girlfriend who was like, hey, you should do this. And then I would delete hers and then it would come again. Hey, have you thought about this the next time? And I looked at the price and was like, oh my God. <laughs> and deleted it and then she sent it to me again. And then the third time it came and I was like, okay, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna fill in the form. I'm gonna tap, 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 see what happens, send. And then I was like, holy fuck. And two weeks later, I got an acceptance letter and I met with Layla online, which was really fucking cool I was starstruck because she's so cool and started my journey as a sex love and relationship coach or Vita certification um so I have more than 600 hours under my belt under under my skirt so to speak um <laughs> in her yoga leggings <laughs> yeah in my yoga leggings that's because it's inappropriate to do that <laughs> I wish we could have this like actually be seen. I know. She has, if you you guys can't see her, but she has her leg up in the air. <laughs> Christine, could you even do that? Well, you can. You're super bendy. I can't. I'm not as bendy as I used to be. Where she did a handstand yesterday, and she took her pants off in the handstand. So she's shut up. Handstand challenge, like next level. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Mike was like, "Amazing! What the fuck is she doing?" And I'm <laughs> taking her pants off, and he's like, 
what? (laughs) (laughs) How funny. That's funny. Can you do that? And I'm like, no. (laughs) Not not today. Like, I'll try on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (sighs) Yeah. So yeah, now I coach women. I'm I'm currently working towards building a course program that I can offer online, but I coach one-to-one um, women with with issues, women who are pleasure starved to feel turned on, sexy, and confident in their lives. Because gotcha. turn on should be something that is like whenever we want, not having to do with with sex or, or penetrative sex. It should just turned on as something that we can tap into because we're alive. Right. Yeah. Okay. So do you, you only work with women, right? I only work with women. Yeah. My philosophy on it is each one teach one. And what I've experienced is that as I have up-leveled my understanding of my own sexuality, the men in my life, are given the space to do the same and the my partner now my fiance is awesome he's he's so willing to explore and like get weird and do, do all yeah. the fun tantric practices um, and and sometimes like the not so fun tantric practices with me um because i give i give him safe space to do it right can you explain that a little bit how so? Like the practices? Well, it's all, it's all practice. I think that um, sexuality has been given this, you're supposed to know what you're doing, you know, and, and so many women go into it like he's supposed to know what to do to my body, which right. it, it's, it's stupid, it's bullshit, and it's, it's such a lie that we've been living. And even, even if we don't believe that, there's still parts of us that do. You know, like, well, shouldn't he know? Like, oh, totally. Um, I could it, see that. It 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 doesn't work that way. If you don't know what feels good in your body, how can you possibly ask for what you want? And I had a moment in my past, actually, just before I took the course, where I was with a man, and we had the most fucking phenomenal date that I have had almost ever until I met my my new guy for real. Um, we, he picked me up. He was wearing red pants and a black top. I was wearing a red dress and black boots. Like it was like, it was like meant to be. <laughs> this like no bullshit, deep into each other, super intimate conversation and ended up back at his hotel room and it's all like hot and heavy. And he's like, tell me, what do you want? Anything you want and I'll do it for you. And my brain was like, girl. <laughs> <laughs> like that really stuck with me and we need to be able to ask for what we want in a way that is empowering to both us and our partners so the each one teach one philosophy is like when a woman is fully embodied in her sexuality and her turn on and her confidence and it's not about your partner man female him they them all the others doesn't matter you are confident in your sexuality and that has a radiance to it it really really does you know it's like when a woman is pregnant people are like oh my gosh you're glowing and it's like all the hormones everything is like turned on and it's raring and it's like creating life inside a body 
and we can experience a similar turn on a similar like life creation inside of us without having to make a baby and that radiates out to other people it's it's like a beacon of light to people who are willing to step into that light and it's a fuck off light to the people that aren't yeah that's really that's really what i've noticed i did i did i did a fuck with a lot of dating um mm -hmm. for a year i basically said yes if if we both swiped right and they asked, I was like, sure, we can go out. Also, I'm going to ask you about a billion awkward questions. Are you cool with that? <laughs> and so I think one of the biggest things, though, with women being able to know what they want is, I think women know, but they're afraid because they think the other person is, well, one, we've been told that we're not supposed to like sex. Yeah, fuck that. Because then we're a hoe. Right, right. Oh, it out, babies! <laughs> It's only, right. it's only men that are supposed to like think about sex and, you know, have desires and it's okay for them to desire things. But as women, we're, you know, like if, if we're any, if, if we're sexual beings, then therefore we are promiscuous and we are sluts. Right. And if we possibly are asking for things that, you know, like if we, if we desire things that we might possibly think are weird, then that we've been told are weird, yeah. then we're going to suppress it. So like, I yeah. have, I have a very personal um, experience with this um, where like, I'm a very sexual person. It's not that I've like went out and had sex with a ton of people. Even if I did, I'm, I wouldn't be ashamed of that. Um, but I'm just a very sexual person in a sense of like, it's on my mind all the time. I mean, <laughs> like doing it all the time. Like it, uh, so many things come back to it, like all the time. Like I'm just, it's just always on my mind. And like, I've been told in the past, like I'm too much. Um, like I have like a sex addiction, sex issue, like and all these things. I'm just like, and I like start to question myself, like, do I actually have like a sex addiction? Like, is this serious? But if you flipped it and it was a guy, it would just be, he has a normal libido. Right. Yeah. So I think this is so important for women to realize that it is like so incredible when you just step into your sexuality and mm -hmm. are okay with it yeah. and enjoy yeah. it. And yeah. um, realize that your sexuality is normal. Yeah. Yes. And, and feeling I, turned and on I, is normal. Right. And like, I think, something i mean we've already touched on this a little bit but like understanding your body and like pleasuring yourself is so important and like that's something that's i've done forever um and i think mm -hmm. that's why like i'm so confident with my sexuality sexuality which a lot of women aren't like even just bringing yeah. that up like with some of my friends or anything like they they shy away they don't want to talk about it um and then they look at me when i when i'm very open with my sexuality like it's almost like i'm weird <laughs> you know um and i just think like women really need to explore that a lot more with themselves you know yeah. first so that's, like, Sarah, that's really you... where practices come in though as yeah. well right is is we we practice like we'll go to the gym and we do we do the workout and we practice and we learn how to get stronger in our bodies and we do yoga and we practice how to 
get more flexible and more like in touch with our inner self or our enlightened self or our higher self or whatever. We go into the kitchen and we practice cooking. We go into the house and we practice cleaning. We practice driving. We practice riding a bike. And there's, there's always like things that you can learn, but it's with sexuality, it really seems in our society that for women, very, very generalized statement, until you're 18 years old, you should be a virgin. Yeah. And then after 18 years old, you better be a wanton sex goddess, but only in the bedroom and only with the right person. Because for God forbid, if you enjoy sex with like a random stranger, I'm sorry, what was your name again? Actually, don't tell me. Yeah, it's crazy. And we're, we're not allowed to have a slut strut, which I think is, so, people still call it the walk of shame. And I'm like, fuck that. No. Like, it's, it's the slut strut. There is nothing wrong with enjoying sex and walking home with your heels strapped over your shoulder, <laughs> owning it. I agree. Yes. Like, yeah, I know, I just... Like, that being said, that's not necessarily going to be for everyone. I'm not saying that right. that's like, no. you know, this is the box and you need to fit into it. We're breaking out of the box and we need to be able to allow our sexuality to evolve and express as it wants to, as feels safe for us. Totally. Until, until we decide that we want to change it. And we might never decide that we want to change it. So for the women that, that feel, you know, like it's slutty and I can't do that. And like, there's no way that I can tap into that goddess. Like, okay, that's, that's for your act. Right. And there needs to be just as much respect for that woman as there is for the one who's slut strutting every Saturday totally. night. Totally. Sunday morning. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree mm -hmm. more on that. So if someone comes to you and they're like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know how to connect with myself like i i have no idea how to figure out like my like how to pleasure myself um i'm scared about it um like where do you start with people i know that you're going to have a wide range of people but if you had someone that had come to you and they're just like mm -hmm. like i've never even had an orgasm before yeah yeah you, you must have women that come to you that have say like like i I've, I've had I've had women that have said I don't I don't know if I've had an orgasm. Before. Yeah, they don't know if they would. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so first off, I like to I like to really be specific in that orgasm and climax are very different, and women can experience about seven or eight different kinds of orgasm in their body. Climax is like the peak and release, which is awesome, but there's also like valleys where it's like an up and down. There's an oceanic kind of expansive orgasm there can be like super super subtle where it's just it's like a glimmer somewhere inside of your body that just is like this teeny tiny ripple you can have an orgasm in your womb in your cervix g-spot vagina clitoris um, you can have a nipple gasm i've heard of women having throat gasms even from giving blowjobs so how we want to feel pleasure in our body and how we want to feel orgasmic in our body needs to stop being defined by the peak and release of climax because it's been um for a, for a, forever our sexuality is like men's sexuality light like we don't get to have the big blowing orgasm that men seem to have 
except that no, we can experience like multiple orgasms in one sexual session and still want more afterwards. Right. So, like, who's the more sexual being? <laughs> so true. Mm-hmm. So when I work with when I work with clients, um. We always, I always do a call first. Like we do a 30 minute call just to make sure that I'm the one that's, that's going to be able to help them with their perceived issue. Um, and then we book the first call is, is always, um, it's like a, it's like a deeper discovery. So finding out through lots and lots of questions. So I want my clients to tell me as much as they feel safe telling me. And I get to ask questions and determine every woman has like a core desire that they want to feel. And that might be, you know, like it might sound like I want to have more orgasms or I want to experience an orgasm. And then after a few layers of questions, as we go deeper in, it's like she really, really wants to feel deep connection to her own body, which is entirely different than I just want to feel orgasms, yeah. right? Like there's something really specific. So we get to work with a specific desire and each desire is very different to each woman because everyone has had so many different experiences in their lives. So really, really tailoring their experience with my coaching so that they can reach their desire. Yeah, and it can be that I want to feel confident or I want totally. to feel powerful or I want to feel desired yeah. or, yeah. yeah. I want to feel like a motherfucking goddess. Yeah. Damn straight. Yeah, it's true. You know, or it could just be like, I want to feel more connected to my husband. Mm-hmm. And so here's something too that I think that is focused on way too much. And I think you and I have talked about this before is that there's so much pressure put on just on the orgasm. Totally. And it's like, I mean, I think that there's a lot of men out there that think that, or it doesn't have to be men, like partners where they think they are giving their partner an orgasm. And if their partner doesn't reach orgasm, gives you an orgasm, but, and if, and if if they don't give you your orgasm, then they've done something wrong yeah so then it's not pleasure about the couple or or your partner that's pleasure based on ego yeah which is not that's it's it's like it's like a false desire false pleasure it's like when you really really want good like yummy dark chocolate and someone's like oh here and they give you one of those like shit wrapped tinfoil waxy chocolate yeah I wish you guys could see her. Or, right or they give you one like really good coffee and they're like, hey, let's stop with Tim Horton. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, we will not. <laughs> Tim, what? Who will not make me go? Make me go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh my goodness. I feel like there's like so much pressure on the orgasm that people lose sight of everything else that happens. Totally. Oh yeah. Else than you can experience. Like the orgasm is like, like just such a small part. Yeah. It's well, like, and like, like I said before, orgasm is not like this peak and release. Yeah. Like that's not, um, there's a book by, uh, Nicole Baden. I think maybe I'm saying her name wrong, but, um, the book is called slow sex 
and she offers in New York City, I believe, um, something called orgasmic meditation, which is, which is a practice, 15 minutes, where your partner takes one finger to the left upper quadrant of your clitoris and strokes it in the same manner for 15 minutes. Really? So all that that is about is paying attention to the sensation. It's not about coming, it's not about climaxing, it might happen. And then you share frames, they call it, um, afterwards. So what he experienced, what she experienced, what she experienced in response to his. Um, Nicole Dadon described orgasm as the body's ability to receive and respond to pleasure, which is one of the most beautiful and simple and totally expansive understandings of orgasm, I think, that I've read. Um, I think that is a more necessary understanding for sexual pleasure because we have this goal-oriented sex all the time. And, and you, even if you love your partner and you're like so deeply desirous of your partner, or even if you're just fucking turned on because they're like the bomb.com and you can't believe you picked them up in the bar this Saturday, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a climax with this person. And there's so many different factors and none of it means you're broken. None of it means you're broken. It's orgasm, having goal oriented sex totally weakens the intimacy that most of us crave. I think because when you're, I I know my experience, you know, is like, did you come? Yeah. If you have to ask, out. Just fucking leave. <laughs> no. I am gonna say that I think there is one exception to that rule with being female. <laughs> that you have such a mind-blowing orgasm that you lose all connection with everything else around you. So you don't even know if your partner had an orgasm at the same yeah, yeah. <laughs> So true. <laughs> I think that's the only that's the only exception to that rule. I, I often say I feel like I was just in like another dimension there for a minute. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but you probably were, so it's cool. I know. <laughs> I'm in another dimension at this point. Leave me alone. <laughs> Well, and the, the tantric practices, um, and this is more neo-tantra than, than traditional tantra, um, they, the practices teach you how to become aware of the sensations in your body and move that sensation as energy up the spine, right? So in, in yoga, there's like the, the chakra system. So similar idea, right? So the energy starts at the base of the spine, your your root and, and sacral, and the energy moves up. And sexual energy is super, super transmutive. So it can shift all the way to heart energy, and you can fill your heart with that, and you can send it up to your third eye and like turn that into manifestation. Chapter 11 of Think and Grow Rich, they talk about sex magic. He doesn't talk about it as sex magic. He calls it um, something transmutation. Okay, so since you brought up the, the topic of Tantra, because, I mean, I know Tantra from yoga. I mean, most people think Tantra as like all these crazy sex positions, which, which it's not. is not what it is. No. Um, how I know it in yoga is, is that there is good in everything. <laughs> That's how I explain Tantric yoga is it's, it's like a philosophy that there is good in everything. 
but it's different when it comes to the tantra that you are talking about it is but also not and i would i would shift not to the good of everything but the god in everything yeah. and like however however god feels nice to you to say like the universe the magic the blah, 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 whatever yeah um, not not G the the idea of oneness is um so there's like two schools in yoga there's the vedic and the tantric yeah. and the vedic is um the vedic is up and out like we we practice the yoga posture so that we can perfect so that we can like leave our body this mortal coil and connect with so we can become enlightened so we can become one with god yeah. whereas tantra was like wait a minute we have eyes that see and ears that hear and mouths that taste we can feel stuff on our skin like the breeze the heat of the sun we can feel a lover's embrace and that is divine this is divine like this body that we are living in is a divine experience that we've been gifted so there's a lot of sort of i there's a lot of sort of practices in yoga and in other parts of the world that is like up and out up and out we want to get up and out whereas tantra urges us to go down and in yeah so to become aware of all the sensations of all the feelings of all the emotions and not to move in and become those but to express experience and release them. So it's, it's like the flow of the universe moves through your body. And our body is, is an expression. And sexuality is such a powerful expression of that because you can have a hundred different emotions when, when you are in a really... Um, intimate engaged and connected sexual experience and it doesn't have to be with somebody you love like you can have a deeply loving powerful sexual experience with someone you can't remember their name it's <laughs> it's like setting your intention to be a hundred percent in that moment and in that moment and in that moment yeah, totally and that's, it takes out the goal of like we need to reach orgasm in, it, in order for this to be right or intimate or powerful or, you know, like the way that sex is supposed to be. And it turns it into this expansive experience where, you know, the, people talked about Sting and, and his tantric sex practices yes. and he had sex for hours. And that's because they've let go of the goal of orgasm or the goal of climax and just been in the experience with each other, which is really beautiful and you don't have to do that every time because that's like it's a lot of fucking work but i mean everyone's at home now and they're not working and so you know hey everyone's got all this spare time and <laughs> and you you can use the practices to connect with your body and with your partner and like they're they're already saying that divorce rates are on the rise and and like it's awful we're we're with the people that we love and even if you're even if you're one of the people that's alone and all you got is a mirror well lucky fucking you cuz you got the best mirror in town <laughs> let's yep. let's get connected yeah. and and pay attention yeah 
Because, like, where the fuck are you going to go? You can't, you can't go anywhere. Might as well just stay home and eye gaze. <laughs> Breathe with each other. Um, there's actually, and I think, well, you've read this book too, Tamara. We were just talking about Tantra. <clears throat> and there's actually a book that I've read, and it's called Urban Tantra. Yeah. Is that the same one that you've read? I have read it, yes. I've, I might have read one or two books. Yeah. Oh, I know that you've read, I know you've read more than one. Um, who wrote this one, though? This is Barbara Corellis. Yes. And then there's this, so there's a, so there's a foreword by Annie Sprinkle. Oh, my God. So, Christine, do you know who Annie Sprinkle is? No. God, you have to, have to look her up. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm quite a few years older than you, so is so um, Tamara, but... <gasps> Can you, like, I can remember back in the day when Annie Sprinkle first came out, like when she was first, like, so she is a sex worker. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so she's written lots unabashed, of unashamed, loud and proud from what the eighties ton of books. Would you say from the eighties? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because she, she and Barbara Corellis, um, she, and she talks about it in the book. Uh, they they both found tantra practices as a way to cope with the um aids epidemic that was happening yeah at yeah, that time yeah yeah so, sex drugs rock and roll and hiv so yeah i mean if you like she's like super old school if i think about she was so like taboo at the time because <laughs> like if i think about like going way back to when I was like, maybe like 19, 18, 19, it was sex with Sue Johansson. But didn't we love Sue? Oh my God. I love her, her pleasure oh, chest. Do you remember Wait, sex with Sue? Yes. I used to watch it when I was really young. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. Oh yeah. I watched I it when I was like eight. I couldn't wait to like the Sunday night sex show was. Yeah. So God, yes. Was like, yeah. And my mom was always like, seriously, you guys, every Sunday, you were like, yes. <laughs> and but her I had to hide it. Wrinkle and like, I just think back to that time when, um, yeah, it was like such a taboo thing, right? Except that everyone was doing it and sex sells everything. I know. From yogurt to yoga, it's yeah, like. Literally. There's, there's, I think. Part of our part of our problem is that we we lack connection because we're so inundated with sexual images and everyone is so fucking judgy about everybody else and and what they like and what they don't like and you should be this and you should be that and nobody takes the time to like get sorted with their own shit. It's so easy to point a finger and now we have social media and people are like, eh, meh, meh, meh. I just read a thing about Billie Eilish and people were upset with her for wearing a tank top and she was sexualizing herself. <laughs> like, what the actual oh fuck? Gosh. She's 18 years old. She can wear a motherfucking tank top if she wants to. That's for real. Crazy. Isn't it 2020? Like, isn't it? Isn't it time that we step out of the the fucking cage that we've been locked in with the with the systems and the patriarchy and the whatever like the bullshit like it's mm -hmm. 2020 and if a woman wants to 
do whatever the fuck she wants, then a woman can do whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah. I mean, as long as you're not hurting anyone and everything's consensual, it shouldn't be an issue. It should like, it shouldn't be an issue. We waste so much time pointing fingers and I know um, sex educators like to use the, the phrase, don't yuck someone's yum like that like just just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's not cool like cool you're not into polyamory so don't be in a polyamorous relationship cool you're not into kink so don't have kinky sex with someone if you don't if like if that's what you don't want and if you really like smelling feet then make sure that you're with someone who wants you to smell their feet like (laughs) i love that quote yeah writing it down yeah someone's yum like you know like One of the things that actually still surprises me too is like, and this is just from a personal thing, something so simple as the rude looks and comments that I get if I don't wear a bra. Right? And you can see my nipples. But Mike is beside me. Can you imagine tits everywhere? God. So, I mean, Mike has pretty large pecs and you can always see his nipples in his shirt. Yeah. And so we'll be beside each other. And so you can see both of our nipples, but I'm like, you should see the dirty looks or comments that I'll get from women. Of course, from all women. the men are looking and drooling because men right. are just, right away. They all, they, they just <laughs> They've been boobs. trained. They just see boobs though. There's like right. boobs, <laughs> right? Like they don't, there's no other thought attached to it except for, oh, wow, that's boobs, right? Right, like, right. Oh, man's brain works. Yeah. But women like, like I've actually had a woman that turned her kid around and put Come his on. on her. And I was wearing like this. That is, I think but, you have great boobs. But that's the yeah. thing that just amazes me though, is that it's 2020 and you can see my nipples in my shirt and I don't wear a bra because I fucking hate them. And why should I have to wear one? You don't have to. Right. Told me that I need to wear a bra, but it's like that. It's yeah. little things like that where I go. You know, we've come so far, yet we haven't. Well, we've we've been trained. You know, it's like, like you said. You know, the men were looking and drooling. They've been trained. Like I don't. I don't think that that's necessarily normal or natural behavior for men. I feel like men can appreciate a body just like women can appreciate a body, but they've been trained to stare at tits because they don't get to see tits because you're not supposed to look at tits and don't see tits and nipples like good fucking Christ, like machine gun jubblies. Is that what we're staring at? Like, are you, are you kidding me right now? I used to get teased in high school. The boys called me EN, which stood for erect nipples. nipples. Yeah. Yeah. What do they they call it? Oh, they call it T-H-O where I'm from, Titty Hard On. Oh, yeah. And it's Ooh, like, I like that even better. I got the Titty Hard On. <laughs> and it's like, My it's, nipples are hard 24-7. Like, I can't even, I can't even help it. <laughs> oh, it has nothing to do with, like, that I'm aroused. Yeah. It's just, my nipples are so glorious. Just the way they are. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. It's just, um, I have uh, a question about, or I mean would like to hear your opinion on like how what you think of porn and how it's 
kind of made men almost have this unrealistic expectation from women. Like I love porn. It's great. Um, and I, whatever, but I think some men really have like set this really high expectation for women. So when they get, they end up having sex with someone and it's not this crazy like stuff like the porn. She's not like gushing out of her pussy. They're like, oh, Mm. like, you know, so what's your opinion on that? I think that, um, Porn as it was, as it rose in the 70s and 80s was terrible and wrong and um, abusive and it's terrible. And it wires your brain. There's, there's been a bunch of studies that it wires your brain and repatterns you in a not good way. So porn is not good for your brain. For anyone? I don't think for anyone. No, because if you if you think about the pattern, the pattern of pleasure, right, that you're creating is like, I have to watch this thing to do the thing. You know, you're you're either jacking off or flicking the bean, whatever you're doing. But it's creating a pattern of this needs to happen in order for this to happen. And what they find with pornography um, is that it's escalating. You know, it's like more and more porn is getting more and more violent and more and more aggressive. Um, there's younger and younger girls that are being pulled into the porn world. Um, that being said, there is also some really beautiful, um, like feminist porn that is actual couples and they love being watched. It's a hundred percent consensual. There's no bullshit. There's like, it's, they deal with different kinks and different relationship modalities. Um, that 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 is like let's watch sensual and erotic and they're they're still fucking like it's it's they're giving her but it doesn't have the same i don't know porn is like how many times can you hear a dude say oh i'm gonna come on your tits before you're like yeah or let me come on your face yeah well and then that becomes an expectation like no i'm sorry no thanks. Right. No, I, wait, except that I'm not sorry. Just to, how about no? Um, or you know, I saw this porn, and and you know, your your pussy's supposed to do this. There, there was a a movie, a documentary that was done about twelve years ago. I think it was about twelve years ago, called The Perfect Vagina. And there's an artist in the UK, and I can't remember what his name is right now, um, but he did the Wall of Vagina. Was he doing the casts? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so then there was a documentary on that that talked about labiaplasty, which is like the number two plastic surgery in North I America. Saw it. I saw this. Where women have their fucking pussies cut. Yeah. Because it, it doesn't look proper. Because of what they see on porn. Yes. Right. And and so many girls, women, have had men that have said, Oh, well, your pussy's kind of ugly or like your labia is kind of long, or that's weird. And all it takes for a woman is to hear that one time and we're thrown. Right. And so then every other sexual encounter you go into, you're like, oh, he's not going to like you. I better turn the lights off. I better make sure, you know, everything's tucked up and in and don't let him go down there and don't let him see and don't let him because they're so like, how awful to be rejected in an area space of your body that should be worshiped. Oh yeah. 
both both by self and by others. Like if you're if you're with a partner who does not worship your bits and pieces, find a new partner. Right. Well, you think about if you were to have surgery, so um, which they just cut and then you just bleed until it heals itself. My God, it's Abby. Yeah. Um, so you think about the scar tissue, and you think about how many thousands of nerve endings because that you just cut endings, off your nerve endings just aren't in your clitoris which most people think but they also right. in your labia right yes so you cut and there, we have cut over eight thousand nerve endings why yeah. would you want to cut any of those off that you could receive pleasure with and then you also now have scar tissue so you which doesn't feel good sensitive sensitivity now yeah, and the the potential of like your pussy just not working the same way it did before. Right. And labia, all labia is normal, all of it, whether it's three millimeters or 33 millimeters. <laughs> yeah, because or 73 women, millimeters. Yeah, like, women get this impression that they have to have this like perfect, the giant, this perfect quotation <laughs> that like what you see on porn. Like that's literally, Which, and then they get insecure, and then like you said, and it's they just start like reaching their assholes. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> uh. literally, these women bleach their assholes. Right. Please stop bleaching your assholes, ladies. <laughs> Let your asshole be. It is glorious. <laughs> it is a glorious, glorious hole. Let it be. You can bleach. Your your kitchen sink and your toilet. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So the whole thing with porn though, like I think that it can it can be something that could be positive for people who are curious. Yeah, because I've like watched porn with my partner and it's enhanced things, like we've enjoyed it. I, I haven't looked at it as like a, I, it depends on what you're watching. I just think, I think like say someone was like, I don't even know what kink is, but I, I think I'm interested in it. And uh, yeah, but I want to know like what, like, like what, what is it? I've read a bunch of stuff about it, but. I like but it. do you think I that's feel, still giving a wrong impression? Yes. Yeah. yeah I feel, I feel like if you, if you're going to watch porn to find out about something sexual, it's like trying to figure out what it would be like to have um to be able to pick a marriage partner by being on the bachelor true like it's fucking contrived yeah it's hey, what's that porn you're talking about i want to watch it <laughs> i think i know the name one of, of it. one of the isn't it called lust cinema Yes, Erica Lust is yeah. one of them. Yeah, there's Erica there's Lust a couple female, other ones, female. but Erica Lust is the one that comes to mind. Comes. <laughs> She's a female, um, like producer, like yeah, female oh, okay, producer. yeah, yeah, and it's it's beautiful. It's it's video videographed really well, choreographed really well. Actual consenting couples of all different walks and shapes of of life and. Yeah, it's watching porn on TV is is uh, watching porn and trying trying to get answers is I don't know like I, yeah. it, it's sketchy at best. Yeah, 
And it's, it's going to give you a false impression of most everything. Yeah. And while, you know, maybe watching it every now and again, but if you think of practices, this is what you're, this is what you're practicing. So you're creating these loops of understanding in your mind and in your body, and you're connecting that visual to the pleasure in your body. And is that so really, is that really how you want to experience pleasure? Well, and I think that for lots of guys too, it's like, um, because I think that, I mean, there's lots of men who watch porn every day. Mm -hmm. um, and so not only does it give them an unrealistic expectation, even if they're in, like in a relationship with a partner, with their partner, and they know that it's not realistic to expect that from their partner. I think what it does is it takes away intimacy between um, the person that is constantly watching porn with their partner because um, it's almost like they need a specific um, to be stimulated in a specific way in order to feel aroused. Oh, so if yeah. you're constantly watch, just watching that particular, like watching porn and that- I can't get off unless I watch porn. Yeah. It's, it's quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And that, that should, that should not be the entirety of your sexual experience. Like what a shallow way to experience sex. Sex is expansive. Pleasure is expansive. Love, I, joy, they're expansive. And just speaking from like, I had a girlfriend who, um, she never really, I mean, I know that there were a pile of other issues going on in their relationship, but she never really had a high libido in the first place. And I know that mm -hmm. it, it, it just depends on the person. Some people, some women have mm -hmm. higher libidos, some yeah. do not. Hers was never really very high, but her partner, her husband's was. And so he watched a ton of porn and masturbated all the time. Which um, makes her libido drop even more because she could never live up to those expectations ever. And but he and would, then that plays in her body mind over and over. Such but a he would always like every time, like he was always bringing like sex toys and like all this stuff home because he wanted to use them with her. And she was just like, "But I'm not interested in that." And it's it's she's like, "It's not like I think it's wrong," but she said, "I'm I'm just not interested in that." And she's like, "And I know that he is getting." a lot of ideas about all these toys from watching porn. Yeah. And it was just because, I mean, their libidos were so drastically different, yeah. but there wasn't any communication about it, of course. Yeah, they hadn't decided that. on That's how to deal with thing. that, right? Because, yeah. you know, I mean, there's, you aren't always going to be in a relationship where both of your libidos are equal. No. If, if you, if you are, then it's fucking Hallelujah. <laughs> Right, but and. if it's higher than the other, then there definitely has to be more communication about it. Yeah, and communication um, on that should not be uh, while you're having sex or when you're about to engage. It should be something where you're like, hey, um, as we sit down and have our coffee at the breakfast table before anyone else is up, I'd really like to have a conversation with you about our sex life. Would that be okay? And can we set up a time? Yeah. 
it it really needs to be it it needs to be a conversation like taxes or budgets or what you're going to make for dinner yeah. it it you need to be able to give it the space and the container like i would like to talk to you about sex can we set this time aside you know would that work for you is there a better time and then sit down and talk about sex i really like it when you do this i really love it when you do this this doesn't feel great um maybe we could try it a different way and you want to you want to talk about sex with your partner in in a what you're experiencing you know it feels so great when you do this i really like my body really recoils when you touch me like that like i've i've tried to relax into it but it, i just i really don't like that maybe we could try that differently yeah I feel like for me, that conversation typically happens like right after. Like right it's after. okay. Yeah, it's as long as it feels safe for both you and your partner, because a lot of times one or both partners can feel packed. Okay. You know, like you're you're in this really, really vulnerable space. Right. And it can be great and it can totally backfire. I think right. that talking about sex with your partner should should be a regular conversation that you have outside of the bedroom. That makes sense. You know, like go for a walk down the street and be like, babe, I really love it when you like grab my ass and slap it when we're having sex. However, yeah. I don't like this. Yeah. I, f I feel like people would have a hard time hearing that though. You know, like how do, totally. you, how do you put that in like a way so it's not coming out like you're attacking them you know because you don't want to because i would feel bad if i was like i didn't like that like, and then i feel like they would take it super personally you know so how do you kind of like go about that so setting setting aside a specific time to talk about sex and um so so then there's context to to what that space is for and about um, is going to be good and start with what you love. Like, I love it when you do this. I love it when you do that. This feels so great in my body. If we were to do something different, this might feel better. It's like, I've tried to relax into this. I've tried to be here with this, but this just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel as good as I want it to. So maybe we could try it in a different way. So when you're speaking to your partner about sex, it's coming from a place of love and desire it's it's like you don't like you're wrong you're wrong you're wrong you it's, totally did that wrong and i don't want to do it again don't say that don't don't say that don't say that and it's yeah. it's not it's not too like there's there's the whole thing where you know men are super sensitive with their oh, yeah. sexuality because <laughs> they've also been told that they're supposed to know everything Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like I did, I did a lot of dating and the amount of times that someone said, I'm so great in bed or I'm the best kisser you'll ever kiss. And I was like, well, actually you've never kissed me before. And I actually had a lover one time say, oh, my ex-girlfriend loved it. When I was like, what? I'm, do I look like your ex-girlfriend? Wait, no. when she did what? Oh, he gave I, you an example of what he liked? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My ex-girlfriend loved it when I did this. And I was like, 
Uh, so the swelling's gone down. Mm, I'm just. Bye. Yes, uh, the door is that way. But, but it, it's it's also we if we don't let our partners, like male or female, if we don't let our partners know what makes us feel good and and what does not feel good we're doing them a fucking disservice totally well, you know there's there's know. this whole like you you said you know i would feel bad if you know they they felt this way you're not right. responsible for their feelings you're right. trying to create a conversation around your sexuality what feels good what doesn't feel good hey babe maybe we could try this later or maybe you know could we leave that out of the repertoire for like a couple weeks and then and then maybe we'll come back and visit yeah but we we are doing our partners and our lovers a disservice to just let them think that they're doing a great job when it doesn't feel good like right. if if both of you are not enjoying it or if you find yourself, you know, staring at the ceiling being like 31, 32, 33, 36 thrusts, and I know he's going to do it. And then I can get back to the rest of my day. Like, that's not what sex should be about. No. <laughs> no. No, it's, it should be like, the sex can be an escape and it can be a connection and it can be a discovery and it can be like fucked up and silly. And, and you know, like you can have people knock on the wall. We had someone. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll, tell, I'll tell you one time, I, I'm holding nothing back, obviously, on this <laughs> podcast. Um, one time I was in an apartment and uh, I, I was like living out in Vancouver and I came home or I think I came home or I opened the door or something. I forget how exactly it went. And I had a note on my door from the people from upstairs. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> But they were being—they were being so nice about it, and they're, yeah, you know, they they're like, be nice. they're like, you know, like, unfortunately, these walls are like paper thin. I'm like, shit. <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> oh, that just reminded I'm me. I'm sorry that. for having a good time. Yeah. I'm sorry for disturbing your yeah. good time. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, I think like. Something that would be interesting to touch on would be what you talked about a little bit earlier is like different kinds of orgasms because um, I know people who say, well, I can only orgasm from having like sex or I can only orgasm from getting eaten out, like things like that. So um, like, can everyone have all of the orgasms or does certain people can't have certain ones or do you like... How does that work? What if I said yes? <laughs> that everyone can have them all? <laughs> and not everyone can have them all. Okay. Ooh. So it's it's like a yes to, to both because yeah. your ability to experience pleasure, to experience orgasm is going to depend, especially in a woman's body, is going to depend on multiple factors. It's like, if you feel safe, do you feel loved? Do you feel cared for? Do you feel heard? Do you feel, um, are you comfortable? Are you lubricated? You know, all of these little things, it, are you are you present in, in the experience or are you like 31, 32, 33, 34? Oh, two more thrusts and we're in it, woo. Right. Um, it's, it's a practice, like 
I was saying earlier is being able to tap into the sensations in your body and then allowing those sensations to move, shift, expand. So while sex is very physical, it's also very, very energetic. And whether you believe that or not, it, you said in the beginning, you're like, whoa, I felt like I was in another dimension. Energetically, maybe you were. Yeah. You know, like that, it's not a wrong statement. Mm -hmm. um, we get really hung up, I think, on the experience we think we're supposed to have instead of the experience that we're having. Right. And so multiple orgasms, orgasms in different areas of your body, um, are really dependent on what what you're open to. And some people will have like these oceanic crazy like union with God orgasms all the time. And some people mm -hmm. will have patrol orgasms all the time, but only with the vibrator. And some people will experience, you know, vaginal orgasms, but only with a partner um, all the time. And some people will have none. Right. And all of it is right. That's that's important is whatever you're experiencing is right and through practice self-practice partner practice you can learn to experience more and different so slowing down and expanding your breath or playing with breath you know like with a partner can you both like slow your breath down and connect your inhales and your exhales so you're both breathing like one is inhaling one is exhaling and the breath is moving what happens when you feel that in your body or can you slow down your movement so that you are hardly even moving at all like it's just super super subtle and then pay attention to what's going on in your body so it, it, it i think one of the things with with porn that can wreck us is like it's always like this Resting. Right, right. Harder, faster, faster, harder. Go! You know, like everyone's eyes are popping out all the time. But slow can totally shift your experience. Oh, so oh, yeah, changing your breathing. Yeah. Like breathe together, breathe apart. Try breath retention, like holding your breath at the top or holding your breath at the bottom, or right. just continuing your breath. Um, or there's things like eye contact. Oh my God, yeah. Eye contact is beautiful. <laughs> like, um, and just, you know, thinking about past partners, like I'm sure everyone has in, in this room has probably experienced the like, just someone on top of you with their head in a pillow thrusting, right? There's no connection. The only goal from that other person is just to thrust and have an orgasm. Because nothing right? says hot like being a fuckhole. Yeah. <laughs> Super hot. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think it's it's important to touch on the fact that like some can orgasm <clears throat> through, you know, clit, some can orgasm through through sex because I have someone close to me that um has had a few partners shame her a little bit for not being able to like she can get off during sex but she has a really hard time getting uh off with just clit 
And so they get like upset and I'm like, see, this is creating so much negative negativity around it that now she's totally. never going to be able to get off. No, she's being shamed for her right. sexuality of which there's nothing wrong with. Right. I think that is like really important for women to hear and understand that however you're getting off is fine. Is, is totally Yeah. And okay. if you're not getting off, it's yeah. still fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too, is that if you think about um, sex with sex is going to be different with different partners. God. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I think that women get caught up in this whole, like, well, it was really good and I could have orgasms with this person this way. How come I can't with this person? How come it's different with this person? Well, and your, your bodies are different shapes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And also you can have really great sex with your partner one day and then have like mediocre to like man sex another day yeah and your sexual experience is exactly what it is and it's not wrong and it's not broken and no. just because you don't come doesn't mean it wasn't a great sexual experience at all no we right. need to we need to take the the goal out of it i mean sure sometimes have goal-oriented sex like why not yeah we're just in it we're gonna have a quickie and we're both gonna get off it's gonna be awesome but what, what if, what if you just took the whole orgasm out of it, take the timer off, take the counting out and just whatever you need to do to get really, really present with your partner and then request the same from them. Yeah. Do you just need to sit and breathe together? Is that going to be your sexual experience? Do you just need to like wrap in each other's arms and that's going to be your sexual experience? Is your sexual experience going to be whatever, like out for a walk and you just are so in the moment with each other that it's bliss? Right. I think, I think that taking the goal out of sex is, is necessary for a lot of us to be able to experience the more expansive pleasure that is available. I've honestly never thought about it like that. That is super like interesting. I like being super interesting. You are super. I feel like I could talk to you for like three hours. I'm about to, I'm about to make an appointment with you. I think we need to have like a, we just need to like have a, um, a sex talk date and we'll just each get a bottle of wine and we'll seriously drink wine and talk about sex. I love talking about sex, but it, society makes me feel weird about that. You know? I know. It's really unfortunate yeah. because I feel, I feel if we were sexually embodied and empowered, that our society as a whole would be so much better. Oh, yeah. It would be more, it would be easier to connect and talk with other people. It would be easier to ask for what we need. It would be easier to ask for help. It would be easier to go for a walk outside and just be blissed out by the skies and the clouds and the birds and the leaves and the grass growing and the sound of the whatever. And like you, you begin to feel pleasure in your body as you feel your breath. Right. Like it, it, doesn't it doesn't have to be about fucking all the time well it can it can be about a deep connection that you have with yourself and the moment 
And then there's all of the health benefits. Yeah. Ah. Having a healthy sexuality, right? And even so good for your immune system. Pleasure. Well, and having orgasms as well. Like, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. um, Like the release of endorphins that happens, right? And, Mm -hmm. um, and Tamara, you can probably see the difference too of like, you have people who will come with to, to work with you who are so like tight and closed and yeah. they have no creativity and they feel like they have no power. And, um, and then they start to open up and like, you th- think about the things that people can accomplish once they have healthy se- sexuality. Yeah. Yeah, if, if, if it's a part of your life that you can draw on as opposed to worry and stress about, like, oh my God, is, is he going to like my boobs? Or is like my belly flat enough? Or, you know, oh God, I have bat wings. I can't lift my arms up and have enjoyable sex. Or if you're always worried about your neighbor going to knock on your door, like there's, there's so many things that can take us out of it. So the more we can practice being in it, the better the experience we get to have. Yeah. It's, it's some of, one of my, one of my favorite moments, I had um, a woman that I worked with, with the jade egg, which is exactly as it sounds, it's a little green egg that goes into your vagina and you practice moving it and feeling the sensations and there's different practices that go with it. Anyway, working with her over the course of about, I think it was about, two months and at the end of our sessions her husband wrote me a letter it was so beautiful he was like her ladyscape was beautiful before but now she sees what I do and it's it's such an it's such an experience to be with her and she like her pleasure is expanding like we've always had a great sex life but now it's like we're we're at this next level and we our connection is deeper and our intimacy is deeper and I was like it's me <laughs> he, he was just like more in love with her after her working with me and I wanted to my own horn for that but it's it's really something that we have inside us already but we've never been given the key and my my work is like giving you the key and the toolbox and being like here i'm going to help you unravel and unlock and peel these layers away of the shit that's not working for you and then we're going to build your toolbox in what is going to work for you what will feel pleasurable where you can be able to do a meditation and instead of walking out the door feeling like fuck, I hate COVID-19, you walk out the door and you're connected to every living thing in the universe. You get to pull on your own pleasure to reduce your stress, to increase your awareness, to feel more expansive through your orgasmic experiences. It's, It's pleasure, expansive, huge. It's a hugely expansive energy. So how many or how long do people typically work with you? Like, is there like a number of sessions they do or does it depend? Well, like most coaches, we do like coaching packages because nothing is ever done. It's it's not one and done. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's a a breakdown and a buildup and a recreation. So typically like 10 to 12 sessions is, is what I do. Yeah. And 
typically um, a week or two weeks maximum in between sessions. So one or okay. one or two. Yeah. Cool. Is, so do you, is, will you give like, give them like homework and stuff like oh, that? Yeah. 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 Cool. Absolutely. And so like anyone can come to you, someone who is very active and feels like they have no issues, but just, you know, want to see what it's all about. Like anyone can come to you, right? They don't have to have like a specific issue. No, no, I've, I've had clients who have like super high libidos, um, and just help them stabilize and ground that energy. So yeah. being able to utilize that energy instead of feeling like, fuck, I'm so horny. I just want to hump all the things. <laughs> You feel, yes. I feel like it's me. Right? It's hard, man. When you're when your sex drive is like, oh my god. I know. Okay, here's my question. Ready? Yeah. Why is there no leg hump emoji? <laughs> sometimes know. that's really how you feel. Seriously. <laughs> I'm not, so I'm not happy to see you. I want to hump your leg. <laughs> <laughs> like no humping emoji at all. The only thing you can do is the eggplant with the water drops. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. Or sometimes I use the this one and the finger. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that's also a good one. Yeah, I like I like the peaches. Yeah. Or and there's the there's the pussy cat with the heart eyes and yeah. then a little then water. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's when pussy's happiest. <laughs> oh yeah love it love it that's awesome i think uh i think we covered some really good topics today <laughs> there's, there's one more thing i want you to talk about was well one i wanted you to touch about the the jade egg mm -hmm. but about talking about other toys how you feel about about sex toys i think that sex toys are awesome okay um, I think that we can also have a reliance on sex toys. You know, it's like the, the one and done and which is totally fine. Woo! We love clitoral vibrator. Brrr, yeah. Or like the new, like the little womanizer. You know, it does a, you went to another dimension in 3.5 seconds. Yeah. Which is awesome, but not all the time because again, there's, there's like this idea that we have where it has to be that all right. the time. And so the experience mind to body, I think we can, it can be detrimental to have that ex expectation for ourselves. Um, I think that orgasms are great and we should have as many as possible, as often as possible, whenever, wherever possible. Um, and if you notice that you can only get off in a certain way, that might be time to put the toys away and, and see what else is out there. Because um, there is a lot out there and I think that, I think that toys are great. I, I have a lovely collection myself. I'm fairly particular. There's, there's some really, really beautiful um, dildos that are made, Canadian company, silicone, medical grade, they're glorious. It's like this cosmic purple dildo. I just think it's beautiful. Um, I have a. Uh, I know there's one place in Canada that is very popular is women's wear in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, they have beautiful, beautiful stuff. They they carry a variety of of products. 
yeah. from different different spaces and places. Um, I, I know that you can get, you know, like crystal wands and crystal dildos. I personally, I'm quite hesitant towards it because if you've ever dropped amethyst or rose quartz on the floor, it shatters. So that to me says structurally, it's probably got a lot of cracks and fissures in it that like that's where your pussy juice is going to go and it's going to be pretty motherfucking hard to clean that out. Also, there's a lot of crystals that just have no right to be in, in your puss at all because they're like they're either man-made or they're, they've, there's chemicals in them and minerals that you just like don't fuck with your flora and fauna. Right. Yeah, I know that there's that um, the other girl, what's her name? Um, why can't I think of her name? On Instagram, she's the, she's the Yanni Empire. Yeah. And she sells a line of, of, and I don't even know what they're made of. There's, there's a number of different substances yeah. that she uses. Yeah. And are. it's, it's like each, each their own, but just yeah. awareness in it. Like I sell jade eggs. I would love to be able to connect with someone to make glass. Um, I think that the jade egg is the hardest stone it's least likely to crack or fissure it's uh, also you know thousands of tons of pressure to create jade but jade was reportedly jade was used in Taoist imperial china um, with the courtesans to keep them young and supple and virile and it's believed to be the the egg itself is believed to be made of dragon sperm which is the most masculine energy in the galaxy, universe, whatever. And the yoni or pussy, vaginal canal, is like the most feminine. So it's it's taking these two energies and balancing them in one space. The yin and the yang. Yin and yang. Yes. So um, so why would you use a yon why would you use a jade egg? Uh, jade egg is a beautiful way to awaken your pussy there's a ton of nerve endings other than the pleasure filled ones but like vagus nerve drops in um just to awaken those nerve endings it's we hold a lot of tension and stress in our pussy as well and that can cause you know incontinence and that can cause inability to orgasm it can cause tension during sex like where you everything just clenches up so being able to have something there that you can begin to feel like you might not feel anything the first few times you use it and there's practices like little hip circles and just waving your hips side to side clenching one side there's always a release and the jade egg is a practice it's not like you don't just shove it up there and walk around you can however <laughs> see if pussy wants to receive it slide it up on in and then have a dance party <laughs> you know, just shove it up <laughs> no no there was you know that was like oh if you use a jade egg you'll get toxic shock syndrome that's never happened ever it's never ever it's never ever happened it's never ever ever <laughs> happened <laughs> and um a jade egg is a way to build sensation and awareness I notice on when I'm using my jade egg regularly, my PMS is like 
really stable. I don't, I don't get the same like, I need to eat all the chocolate. I'm going to sob. <laughs> <laughs> I'll oh, look how like, up like, and down that you can get. I'm so shocked. I've never heard of this before, first of all. Uh, so how long do you like put it in for and stuff? Is that up to you, I guess? It's up to you. Um, the practices that <laughs> people are in my yard. My dog is very excited. Um, people are, uh, sorry, <laughs> practices. Can you hear my dog? Yes, I can. So funny. She talks when people come into the house. Um, so you, the practices I give people generally are about half an hour long. Okay. Cool. And there's there's shorter practices and there's longer practices. I've I've had like hour long practices and can include all sorts of things. Just leave it down. It'll be good. Teenager has arrived home. Uh, um, yeah, there's there's a practice for pleasure. I think that pleasure is a great space to start in when you build the foundation of pleasure. It gives you the opportunity to dive a little deeper. I think um, there's a clearing practice, a wild practice, a sexy practice. So the opportunity with the jade egg to explore sort of different archetypes with your sexuality or different. Um, areas, arenas with your sex, sexuality. Love that. Mm -hmm. You can just order one from her. Yeah, I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> and it must totally help with your pelvic floor health. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah, well, because I've most heard of, of us... the weights. I've heard of like the kind of the weights, right? <laughs> Those are the Benoit. Remember the Benoit balls? Yeah. <laughs> And the stories of people walking and like having a bed wall <laughs> drop in the grocery store. Like, oh, did you pick it up? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's mine. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm put this back in. Oh, you don't want to touch that, sir. No. <laughs> we'll get it. Pass me one of those wipes. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, too good. Um, the jade eggs that I have, uh, they are certified Canadian nephrite jade, which is the most beautiful. Um, also the strongest, hardiest, and best for it. They are drilled, so they've got, it, it is like an actual egg shape. Um, it's drilled so that you can put string through it. So you can use the string both to like retrieve the egg, which can't be lost anyways. Um, and also to like pull down and then use your muscles to pull up and pull okay. down and pull up. You can use the string also to attach weights to. So then when, you, when your pelvic floor is stronger and stable, then you can stand and use the egg and like swing it back and forth or like, circles you don't ever have to use weights it's, it's, it's not a thing that's cool yeah that's interesting and when you go online i feel like this should be said because people might not want to order from me but when you go online and you order your jade egg the medium size is really all that you need 
because uh, you can buy like the small, medium, and large, and the, the queen, the empress, and the princess, or whatever. And you like the medium size is good. It's it's okay. really like yeah, they're not very. Big. It's not very big. It doesn't it doesn't have to be. Yeah. And the weight of it is just a few ounces. And the practices like, so are done like, mostly lying down. Like what? Like a super OB tampon. Yeah. Is the medium? Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's not, it's, they're not very big. And they're super easy to clean. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Jamie, you got anything else? <laughs> no, I think we've talked about <laughs> Everything. I think this takes a cake for my favorite podcast so far. <laughs> well, I feel I'm serious. Like, I feel like we we could actually. I mean, there's there's always more stuff that we could talk about, right? Like always, we got to get you back on here because I already had I had because we and Jamie were talking about it on like two podcasts ago. And she's like, I'm gonna get this girl on, and and people were messaging me being like. Are you getting this this girl on? Yeah, she's coming on. So. I'm so turned on right now. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll definitely do this again. Sometime. Absolutely. I, like I think people should send us questions. Right. I was really. just gonna uh -huh. say that. Or if there's stuff that we they want us to talk to talk to you about. Yeah, I think it'd be cool to do a QA type style. Yeah. I think it's it's a great idea. I think a place like this is is always great to do Q and A's because it's more uh, anonymous, right? You know, and and yeah, questions questions are wonderful. I, w I would you know like it'd be really cool to do like an Instagram live, but people would get weird. We could try. Like the, I'm talking like guys. Oh, guys would totally Oh, weird. women also get weird on the Instagram. I mean, I mean, yeah, both of them do, but like <laughs> Christine, Christine has like, what do you have? Like 140,000 followers. Yeah. Phew. Yeah. So, so yeah, it can get like, weird her, When the three of us have done lives just talking about nutrition, there's always, there always has to be one creep that comes <laughs> on and he's like, you know. Oh, are you single or and I, so if we were talking about sex could you imagine the question i know be i know yeah so i mean i think this is better anyways because i mean i don't i feel like people would feel uncomfortable actually asking questions on instagram so because then their handles on there and then everyone right, would know right. what they ask so we'll definitely uh get this going again and do a q a style um and then you know have people tell people when we're releasing it and whatnot love it um because um hey just speak so just um are there any books that you recommend for people yes everyone should read come as you are mm -hmm. by emily nagoski both like men as in, both men as and women c-u-m or c-o-m-e <laughs> c-o-m-e okay. but i'm i'm pretty sure there was an intentional play on words yeah. <laughs> And she she talks about sexuality from a sex researcher's standpoint. She's a relationship therapist um, and a sex researcher, and she's her book is incredible. I think I really think that everyone everyone who's interested in sex should probably read the book. 
because there's there's something there for everyone. And my other favorite book is um, by Sherry Winston, and it's called The Anatomy, Women's Anatomy of Arousal. And I love her book because she is a registered nurse, but also speaks from like a woo-woo energetic kind of space as well. Like here's the science and here's the magic kind of thing, um, which, is, which is really important. And both of them have like, you know, footnotes, cliff notes, you know, for the, for the people that don't necessarily want to read all the thing, okay, here's what chapter one is about, blah, 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 blah. here's what chapter two is about. Um, Sherry Winston's book, she has little, little side notes that are like, for the men. Okay. Yeah, both of them, both of them are really, really beautiful books. Um, lots of illustrations in Sherry Winston's book. Um, I've, I've watched a couple of interviews with her and she's, she's delightful. Um, I follow Emily Nagoski on Instagram and she's, she's a, she's a powerhouse of, of, a, of a woman. She's really standing strong in, in her convictions of sexuality um, and women's health and, and our safety, which is pretty cool. And then the, ta- the Tantra book that we were talking about was called Urban, Urban Tantra. Tantra. Yeah. And um, I actually have it on, I just bought it on iTunes or iBooks, like, yeah. I don't know, like three years yeah. ago. So, um, well, it's cool because they, they explain the, a lot of the tantric practices um, in a sort of modern way. Like, yeah. are you interested? Here, try this out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there was actually a really interesting book that I came across. Um, and it's by Dr. Lori Mintz. I don't know if you know who she is. Um, but the book is called Cliterate. Oh, yes. I've heard of the oh, book. Oh, really? Yes, yes. Yeah. So Dr. Lori Mintz is a very interesting woman. I don't know if you've followed her at all in social media. Not yet, but I'll check it out. I you think should check her out. Um, what is her handle? She is... I actually just think it's Dr. Lori Mintz. So it's M-I-N-T-Z. So she's a feminist professor and a therapist. Uh, She's spreading, empowering, sex-positive information to close the orgasm gap. Yes. But her book is called Cliterate. And so I've read a little bit of it and it's, it's pretty incredible. So sweet. Yeah. And then, so if people want to find you, Tamara, Online. Tamara Ray Logan. I'm super creative. Tamara Ray Logan on Instagram. Tamara Ray on the Facebook. Do you have a website? Not yet. Not yet. Is it in it's the in the works. Yay. So, yes. so if you, if you guys have any more questions or if there's, um, you want to talk to Tamara more, you can find her, find her on the gram. On the ground. Your DM. Slide into her DMs. <laughs> Slide on in. in. Sliding into her DMs. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And hopefully we can plan another. Uh, I think next time we should drink wine while we do this, though. Oh, boy. Okay. That might oh, 30 in the morning? <laughs> well, oh. it doesn't have to be wine, but. Oh, I mean, I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> 
We'll, we'll do an evening version. We'll do a yeah. night version. We'll yeah. do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Late night taco Tuesday. Yes. Yeah.